Welcome to Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Thank you for joining us as we listen to another message from Pastor Daniel Shirley. Amen. Well, this is a good day, right? It's a good day to worship Jesus. It's a good day to be excited. I, I think that in our culture, like I said earlier, whether you care about football or not, in our culture, one of the most exciting and, and celebrated days is is Super Bowl Sunday, and some people say, well, I only watch for the commercial. The commercial's okay, fine, you know, you only watch for the commercials, that's cool. It's all part of the whole deal, right? I only watch for Justin Timberlake. Anybody just watching for Justin Timberlake tonight? A couple of y'all. Yeah, all right. Um, how many just, like, check out during the halftime show because you're like, it's garbage, unless it's the Rolling Stones or Pearl Jam or something, right? Pearl Jam, oh my gosh, Pearl Jam's about the... Worst band, Jason. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get started today. We're, we're talking about two-minute drill and what's your two-minute drive to victory. Now, I'm not going to be all like wave football today. I'm a huge football fan, gigantic football fan. There's no football that I don't like. Um, put me, set me in front of a, I watch the most obscure football games because I love football. But I know that some of y'all don't, and that's all right. You can, uh, we'll pray for you. God will begin to turn, uh, to turn your mind. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, did you like that? It didn't make any sense. Turn your mind, but thanks for calling me out on it. I appreciate it. Sometimes you say those things and you're like, well, maybe it'll just glaze over. And there's always that one person that's like, that made no sense. I heard nothing else that you said today except the one ignorant thing you said. <laughs> right? Thank you. I appreciate that. Let's pray. God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for your love and your goodness for us. God, I thank you for your acceptance, that today is the day of your acceptance, is the age of your acceptance, because Jesus came to us. I thank you that you've given the Holy Spirit inside of us to reveal truth to us, and I ask you today, Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to us in our hearts so that we can grasp it, so that we can grow because of it, and we can come out champions because the champion lives in us. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm going to do a short introduction, and then we're going to get into our two-minute drills. These are two-minute drills or your two-minute drive to victory. You know, I, I was thinking about this in Super Bowl Sunday. Now, I'm a Broncos fan, Denver Broncos fan. And uh, we had a very horrible season this year, like awful, like embarrassing. There was no trash talk coming from me about the Denver Broncos this year because it was rough. The only thing that was good is that the Cowboys had an equally rough season. It's the only thing good about this. So just a little background. So I, I, I pick, I, I, I like the Lions in the NFC. They lost two. They were horrible too. So I picked a team at the start of the playoffs. I'm like, I'm going to be a St. Louis Rams fan. Not St. Louis, Los Angeles Rams fan. For, uh, but that's why I like them because they used to be in St. Louis. So I'm going to be a Los Angeles Rams fan for the playoffs. I'm on an airplane. They're playing their game. And I found out I could pay and watch the game on an airplane. I'm like, yes. So I paid my however much it is, way too much money. And I watched the football game depressing so they lost and then I'm like okay well now I'm going to be a Minnesota Vikings fan I've got a couple Vikings fans in here I know so tonight tonight I'm rooting for the Eagles all right tonight I'm rooting for the Eagles 
They're like my 27th choice. Um, but, you know, it's whatever. So, um, but I was thinking about this. I thought, you know, on Super Bowl Sunday, I, I, because I'm a true, like, diehard fan, I wear my Broncos gear on Super Bowl Sunday in favor of next year, right? I'm like, because uh, tonight I'm really rooting for the Broncos. And I know they're not going to win, but they didn't win during the season either, so why is it different? But I think, you know, we wake up in the morning, We've got, fan, we've got cowboy fans in here, we've got Vikings fans, we've got Packers fans in here, we've got, you name it, we've, you guys are diverse, right? And you wake up and you put on those jerseys. Let me ask you this, do we have any like legit, I'm not talking about just for one day, do you have any legit Eagles fans in here? Like legit? None, right? I only know a couple. And I know we have at least one, at least two legit Patriots fans in here. Do we have anybody else besides Edward and Wes that are legit Patriots fans in here? Okay, we got a couple. We got a couple. All right. For everybody else, you wake up on Super Bowl Sunday and you put on your jersey for the team that lost. Right? Isn't that what we do? Let me bring this around. As Christians, sometimes we put on a jersey in the morning for the team that lost. Because Jesus Christ is overcome. But we wake up in the morning and we put on depression, depression lost. We wake up in the morning, we put on anxiety, anxiety lost. We wake up in the morning, we put on anger, no, anger lost. We put on addiction, addiction lost. When Jesus died on the cross and those nails were driven into his hands and his feet, when the crown of thorns were put on his head and he said, it is finished, at that moment he put to death all of those things and all those things lost. Why are we putting on in the morning the jersey from the team that lost? In Galatians, it says this. Galatians 3.27. For as many of you that were baptized were baptized into Christ Jesus, you have put on Christ You've put on Christ. See, why don't we wake up in the morning as Christians and put on Christ, the team that won? Amen? We need to put on Christ who won. In Romans chapter 13, verse 12, it says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Make no provision for the flesh. I am not going to entertain the fact that today maybe one of these other things is going to rise up and going to win today. It's not going to win. I'm not even going to put it on. I'm going to burn that jersey. I'm burning that jersey from the losing team because it's not a part of me anymore. I'm burning that jersey that makes me feel inferior. I'm burning that jersey that makes me feel less than what Christ has created me to be. I'm burning that jersey of religion that puts on me that I have to work so hard to attain righteousness in the eyes of God because it's not about that. It's about the fact that Jesus died and I put on Him. And as I put on Him, then I'm putting on the winning team and I'm the righteousness of God in Him. Amen? Praise God. Praise God, today I choose to put on the jersey of the winning team. And so we're going to lay out six keys to victory in your two-minute drill. Six keys to victory. We're going to hope that my voice holds up. I'll just, I'll just be louder. Is that all right? Because the losing team was this whatever throat thing that's going on with me right now. That was the losing team, so I'm just going to be louder. All right? Sound good? Two-minute drill. We're going to have a timer. 
somewhere right here. We're going to have a timer. It's going to count down. Five, four, three, two, one. Pastor's going to start two minutes. Are you ready? Two-minute drill. Go. Yeah, we're going to see if this can happen. <laughs> First key, from victory, not to victory. From victory, not to victory. You know, and I, I heard a, um, I believe it was Jake Plummer when he uh, first moved from the Arizona Cardinals to the uh, Denver Broncos. And at, at that time, the Denver Broncos were not terrible. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, Jake Plummer made the, the, the statement that he had come from a team that was terrible. And uh, he said, what a difference it makes when you play from a position of, of from a lead instead of from trailing. You know, what, it, what a difference it makes when, when a quarterback gets to come into the game and he's leading and not trailing. Now, what, the, the point that I want us to see is that Jesus has won the victory. It's not he's going to win. He's, he, he has won. And, uh, you know, he has overcome. He has triumphed. All of the things that challenge you in your life, Jesus has already won over those things. Praise God. And so when we approach life, you know, the, um, Andrew Womack has a book called A Better Way to Pray. And when we begin to recognize that Jesus has won, that healing is already ours, that provision is already ours, that Jesus has already triumphed, righteousness, favor with God is already done. It's, it is an established fact. And we can approach our prayer time from the position that we don't, we're not trying to get God to do something, but He is, uh, or we are approaching from the fact that He has already done something. And this is why we don't need to ask Him to, to heal our bodies. We need to receive the healing that's already been provided. Praise God. When we have needs in our lives, we need to not um, approach Him asking Him to supply our needs. He has already supplied our needs. And my two minutes is up. Praise God. All right, number two, here we go. Two, one. Number two key is don't bail on what you know. Don't bail on what you know. Sometimes we get into the battle and we know that God is for us. We know and we know in our hearts, we know in our head, and we're living this out, and we're like, man, I, I know that God is for me. But then when those things begin to stack against you, sometimes we start forgetting what God has done for us. We forget the fact that God is for us. We forget the fact, and we, we bail on our game plan. Stop bailing on what you know. In Romans chapter 8, verse 38, it says, For I am persuaded. This is Paul talking, and that word persuaded is very important because it means I am steadfast, I am immovable. It's actually the same word that's used when in Ephesians, Paul says, Having done all to stand, stand therefore. It's the same root word of that same word to stand or become immovable. It's a Greek word, and, and I know that you don't speak Greek, and I don't speak Greek either, but I remember this one. It's the Greek word pistis, which means I am confident, a firm persuasion, a confident knowing that God is faithful. A confident knowing. So it says, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, or powers, nor things present, or things to come, nor height, or depth, or any other created thing 
will separate me from the love of God that I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I can tell you this, that the love of God for you is so strong that God will not allow you to fail if your eyes are focused on Him. The love for, for you is so strong. It's so great. And I am persuaded of that fact that there is nothing that can separate me from the love of God and that no matter what happens, He's going to pick me up and He's going to carry me. I gave you an extra five seconds. <laughs> the next point being that you are uniquely equipped for this. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, If anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. One commentator said it this way. He said that it is a new species of being that has never existed before. Praise God. There has never been a generation of people. There has never been a species of beings on the face of the earth. Up until 2,000 years ago, it did not exist that Christ was in us. I talked a couple of weeks ago about Christ in us, the hope of glory. Praise God. And, and you are uniquely equipped. Why? Because the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead is resident on the inside of you. Praise God. He is in you. He is in you not just to keep you company. Many people think that God is with us to keep us company. But He's not with us to keep us company. He is with us and in us to empower us and that His life would flow out of us and that He would live through us. Praise God. So you are uniquely equipped in the fact that He has filled you with His Holy Spirit. We today have the completed Word of God in written form, praise God. It, it's done. We've got, a, we've got everything that God needed to say, said. Jesus has come. He has gone to the cross. He has paid the price, praise God. He has raised us up with Him, praise God, and seated us together with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are equipped like no generation has ever been equipped before to overcome. You are equipped to win. You are equipped to triumph. You see, this is why the Scripture says, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. Praise God. And when we are in Him, we win every single time. You win some, you lose some. No, you always win in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. All right, my next point. We're getting this, aren't we? Are you getting it? It's moving really fast, right? All right. So my next point is a key to victory. You need to refuse to go down. Refuse to go down. I'm a very competitive person. And I don't know how many of you are competitive and how many of you are not, but I'm an extremely competitive person, and it drives me in everything that I do. I refuse to go down. In Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16, it says, Though a righteous man will fall seven times, he rises again. Though a righteous man will fall seven times. It doesn't say that he may fall. It doesn't say you may have times that are challenging. It says, no, you're going to fall. That even though you fall, you get back up again. Why? Because you're righteous. That word righteous means right standing with God or a good position with God. There's going to be times where you fall. But the key is, do you stay down or do you get up? Do you get up again? See, Jesus in us got up again. Jesus in us got up and He has equipped us. He has empowered us to get up again. 
So I don't care what you face. I don't care the challenge that comes against you. And you're like, man, I am on the mat and I'm down for the count. It is time that you get up. You rise up and you walk in the power that Jesus has placed in you when he said it is finished. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to give you the extra 30 seconds. I'm done. You know, it reminds me of politicians in the debates. How that they, you know, I, I defer they're, my time. The, yeah, the buzzer goes off and they just keep going for enough. But anyway, uh, the last point that I wanted to make this morning is that, you know, I, I heard a, uh, an interviewer talking to a, a player that have, was on a championship team. And I don't remember if it was football, baseball, or whatever it was, but they said, well, what are you going to do with that trophy, that big trophy? What are you going to do with that? Are you going to build a trophy room, or are you going to, you know, what are you going to do with that trophy? And, and I got to thinking about this, that in Revelation chapter 1, we find John sees the risen Lord Jesus Christ, and he describes what he's like there. You can read that in what he describes. Something is, is very uh, noticeable there that he does not have a crown on his head. Then in Revelation chapter 4, we see 24 elders that are around the throne of God. And this is a picture of heaven, and they're around the throne of God. And these 24 elders, which I, I personally believe these are 12 heads of the tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And uh, so uh, we see these elders around the throne of God and they are casting their crowns before his throne. And then in Revelation chapter 19, we see Jesus once again, this time he's crowned with many crowns. So remember from Revelation 1, he doesn't have a crown. We call him King Jesus, but he doesn't have a crown in Revelation 1. In Revelation 19, he's crowned with many crowns. Now, what's the deal here? See, here's, here's what it is. What Jesus did, his victory was your victory. Amen. And so he put a crown on your head. Hallelujah. He has crowned you, but then you, as an honest person, you recognize that this crown really doesn't belong to me. This crown really belongs to him. So you take your crown off and you cast it before Jesus, and then we see Jesus with many crowns. Praise God. He gave us a crown. He crowned us with a crown of righteousness. Praise God. But now we recognize that we are only righteous because of what He did. And He is the real righteous one. Praise God. And I'm out of time, but I, I've got to finish this point. Okay? All right? So, so here we go. You know, I, I, I watched a video of uh, how many of you remember Shannon Sharp that used to play? He played for the Baltimore Ravens, but he played mostly for the Denver Broncos. And he won two Super Bowls with the Denver Broncos, and then he won a third Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens. And he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. He had a, an older brother named Sterling Sharp. And uh, in his Hall of Fame uh, speech that he made, he talked about more about his brother's accomplishments than he did about his and how that his brother really was the better of the brothers, the better player 
of, of the two brothers. And he says, there's no doubt in my mind that, that uh, uh, he would, we would have been the first brothers had he not been injured and had to end his career uh, prematurely. But uh, the story is that, that uh, Shannon Sharp gave his first Super Bowl ring to his brother, Sterling Sharp. Because he said, he's the one I really learned from him. And he was acknowledging that. We need to acknowledge that everything we are, everything we have, everything we could ever accomplish is only because of what Jesus has accomplished. He put a crown of righteousness on us. And now we cast our crowns before him. So he is crowned with many crowns. Praise God. My last point today, my last key to winning is we need to talk winning. We need to talk winning. Sometimes we get in the middle of a battle, we get in the middle of a situation, we stop talking winning. We start talking losing. Start talking about how bad things are. It's been well said that we need to stop talking about what does it say? We need to stop talking about how big our problem is and start talking about how big our God is, right? I think I said that wrong, but you guys get the point, right? In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. That word edification, it means strengthening. Don't let corrupt words come out of your mouth, but only talk about what is needed for necessary strengthening. You need to strengthen yourself. So only say the things that you need that will bring you the necessary strength that you need. If you ever feel beaten down, only say the things that are going to strengthen you. He goes on. He says that it may impart grace to the hearer. Not only does it help you. See, this is just like God. Everything works in layers. It's just like God because I may be going through a challenge in my life, but if I'm speaking the word of God, that it also plants grace in you. It imparts grace to the hearer. And then it goes on. It says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit who uh, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let me challenge you with this. Sometimes we've said, oh, we grieve the Holy Spirit in the way that we act, or we grieve the Holy Spirit. Some people have said, man, well, when a baby cries in church, we grieve the Holy Spirit. I think that's the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard. Right here, he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. He had just said, don't let corrupt words come out of your mouth, but only the things that are for necessary edification. See, I believe that we grieve the Holy Spirit when we don't walk in the finished work of Jesus because he sealed us for that day. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. And I gave 30 seconds earlier. I'm going to take them back. But... I believe that we've got to begin to talk about winning instead of talking about losing. We've got to change our mindset. We've got to renew our mind to the things of God. If we do that, and if you'll stand up and you'll say, no, not today. Today is not the day that I lose. Today is not the day because I clothe myself with Jesus today. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Keys to victory because God has called us to walk in a victorious life. Amen? Praise God. I'm going to give it to Pastor to close us out. I'll bring it down to this. Today is a day that is, is a lot of fun. 
you know, and today is the day that, that uh, you know, every, everybody's talking about, about winning, you know, and uh, um, Jason talked about Eagles fans and that he only knew two. And, uh, you know, I've, my, my good friend, Tony Nodine, you know, we're more, I'm more of a baseball fan than, uh, uh, than a football fan. But, uh, you know, I'm a, a St. Louis Cardinal fan. Tony is a Chicago Cubs fan. Big rivalry. And uh, so we're always needling each other back and forth. And so uh, I, one day I uh, was talking to an, uh, another man out at, at Intrepid and found out he was a Cubs fan. So I sent Tony a, a text and said, I met the other Cub fan. <laughs> and uh, so, but, uh, you know, people become fans that aren't normally fans. And, and, and people will come today because, uh, you know, for, for, for various reasons. But we want to bring this back and we want to focus on the fact that, that Jesus... has won the ultimate victory, and in him you are victorious. I'm not even going to say you can be victorious. I'm going to say you are victorious in Christ. It's not even that, that you can be, you see, because then that would leave room for you to strive and try to attain to this level. But you are victorious in Christ. Now, what, what good is it to, to be victorious if you don't know you're victorious? You know, if you don't know that you are victorious in Christ, you won't act like you're victorious. And when you begin to realize, this, this is why this is the kind of message we preach around here, is we want you to know who you are in Christ, because when you know who you are, then knowing who you are then changes what you do. Those of us who preach a message of grace and, 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 and preach this kind of message are, are accused sometimes of, of, uh, of saying, well, you know, well, they, they just uh, uh, approve of sin. Well, that's not it at all. You see, the legalistic preacher and the grace preacher have the same goal. But we have, we have different uh, views on how you achieve that goal. And so, uh, you know, I'm not going to stand up here and say, yeah, sin is okay. Sin's all right. Sin, I'd be lying to you if I did. But rather than focusing on sin, I want to focus on Jesus because it is as we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord that we are changed into His image. But why? Because it's interesting that the Apostle Paul talks about it as a mirror. We with unveiled face behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So when you look into a mirror, what are you seeing back? You're seeing a reflection back of you. But the reflection you're seeing back of you is not what you thought you were. You were. It is the reflection of Him. Why? Because as He is, 
so are we in this world. So we are looking into the mirror of God's Word and we see Jesus staring right back at us out of the mirror. Praise God. Because that is who you really are. Praise God. If you are in Him. Now I want to give you an opportunity today. If you have never received Jesus as your Savior, maybe you're watching online today and you have never made Jesus your Savior, your Lord. You have never accepted what He has done for you. Now, to you I say, you can be victorious. You can be victorious. And your victory can begin right this moment. How does it begin? It begins by accepting the victor. Hallelujah. You accept what he has done. You accept his victory. Why did he win the victory? He didn't even need to come and fight this battle. Jesus didn't even need to come and do this at all. Except for you. Praise God. Except for you. God's not mad. He's not mad at you. He is madly in love with you. And he came and he defeated, overcame, triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. And he did it for you. Praise God. How do you accept it? The Bible says you believe. Paul and Silas were in a Philippian jail. And they earthquake shook the jail. And the jailer thought all the prisoners had escaped. So they were getting ready. The, the jailer was getting ready to kill himself because he had let the prisoners escape. Paul and Silas spoke up and they said, don't do yourself any harm. We're all still here. And the jailer said, sir, what must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas responded in this way. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your house. Now, I want to say this first of all. He said, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved and your house. So see, I know that most of us in the room today, we're already saved. Maybe there's someone here that's not. We're going to pray together. And if you'll pray this prayer and, be, and, and believe it, see, it's, it's got to be accompanied with believing. If you believe it, then you will be saved. Praise God. I don't say you might be saved. I say if you pray this prayer and you believe what you're praying, you will be saved. Praise God. But I also, after I finish with that prayer, I'm going to go on into something else. And he said, and your house. Maybe you've got someone in your house that has never accepted Jesus. But did, he, did he mean what he said or not? No, they, yes, it's true. They have to accept Jesus as their Savior as well. They've got to do that personally. But, you know, I don't believe that was just something he was just throwing out there and just, just, just said that it didn't really mean anything. No. It is recorded in Scripture. 
praise God. And so I want us to, after we finish with this prayer, for you to accept Christ as your Savior, Jesus as your Savior, then I also want us to, to pray a prayer for those in our house. Praise God. Praise God. What we're going to pray for them is that the Spirit of God will begin to open their understanding so they can see Jesus for who He is. See, because here's the thing. If you see Him for who He is, I'm convinced of this. Nobody who really sees Jesus can reject Jesus. You know, I mean, we, we were created to know a good thing when we see it. Praise God. So if they really see Jesus... Bible says that, that the unbelievers, the reason they're unbelievers is because the God of this age has blinded their minds lest they should see. Praise God. So we're going to pray that the Spirit of God open their minds so they can see Jesus. Praise God. All right, first of all, if you've never accepted Jesus, I'm going to ask everyone in this room to pray this together. If you pray this, if you're online and you pray this, you will be saved. So let's pray this together right now. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, paid the price for my sin in full, that he has redeemed me from the rule of darkness in my life. And he has translated me into the kingdom of His Son. Today, I choose Jesus, who is risen from the dead, who has triumphed over sin. I choose Him to be my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, right now, I invite you in, into my life. Thank you for saving me. Now you said, that if I believe on the Lord Jesus, that I would be saved and my house. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those in my house that have never made Jesus the Lord of their life. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would cause their eyes to be enlightened, that they can see Jesus for who He is. And as they see Jesus for who He is, I am convinced of this, that they will not reject Him, but they will receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior as well. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me and my house. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you pray that prayer today, for the very first time, you meant that, let me know. Tell me about it. If you're watching online, you pray that, send me a message and let me know. Praise God. Also, thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Word of Life Church, please visit us on the web at wolcarlsbad.com. Thank you and have a great week.